This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. The pastor asked me to continue on in the book of James, and so we want to do that if you'll find James chapter 2. You know, it's not an easy thing to take someone else's thoughts and notes and then try to uh, continue on in that. So I've really been praying and seeking the Lord this week saying, please show me what what uh, the pastor had in mind. And so, you know, one thing about it, the Word of God is the Word of God. It doesn't matter who's teaching it. And so it's uh, good to go back and, and study into this. And so we hope that we're able to give you some things tonight. And I just just done some more studying into it, made a few more notes myself and along with his, and I'm hoping that uh, it'll all make sense to you tonight. But, uh, you know, the pastor's been teaching on this thing, and I kind of think uh, if I had to say tonight two words that keep coming over and over again in our study here is faith and works. Faith and works. And it's amazing to see how those two things work together, and it's almost like as I studied more into it, it's like it's maybe two parts to this faith thing and two parts to this works thing. Because we are, we've got to look on the, uh, the spiritual side of it and see what God is trying to get across to us. But we also have faith in physical things here on this earth. And we work for the Lord's spiritual, spiritual works. But we also do a lot of works that maybe are not so spiritual too. So uh, in studying that, we, we begin to see more of uh, what he's talking about here. Now, uh, really, we're going to get ready to get into verse 21, but I want to go back and look at verse number 20 of James chapter 2. Uh, James 2.20, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. So he says here, but wilt thou know, O vain man? That kind of reminds me that if we don't watch out, there are things that we can do that really pertain to the flesh, kind of make us vain. We can get puffed up about it. There are, there are works that we can do and we find that we're not doing them for the Lord. We're doing maybe for ourselves or someone else or some, so someone can see us do those things. And so those, those things all come into uh, uh, effect here when we talk about our faith. And I believe that when, when he talks about this, he says that faith without works is dead. And you remember... That's what the pastor were brought out as we closed out last time. This thing of dead faith, he brought it out over and over in very good uh, scriptures, how we talked about how we need to have genuine faith as composed to, as opposed to dead faith. And when it comes to genuine faith, and we'll see some examples of that tonight, that's really trusting and believing wholly in God and not just saying, hey, I've got faith in the Lord, and then letting it just just go by. Because you know what? That faith will be tested. There will be time when we need to say, you know, we've been saying, hey, I believe God. 
I believe God can do this. There's going to be a time where we really need to be under the microscope and somebody's going to say, hey, you know, you've been saying you believe God. I want to see how you believe him now. Now that you've got this news, now that this thing has come to pass, now that this situation has surfaced, now do you still believe God? You still got that faith in your God? So there is a, there is a definite difference in dead faith and genuine faith. And he talked about that. And I think that we need to realize genuine faith is going to bring about good works or holy works to the Lord. And so it's going to follow that. And so, you know, the Bible tells us some things about faith. I wanted to give you a little story before I get started about faith and kind of gives you an example of how we can put our faith in something and it lets us down. But I'm always thankful that I can put my faith in Jesus and he never fails, never fails us. But there was a man who I call it, he had faith in his alarm clock to never let him down. And he prided himself on being very punctual. He followed a very precise routine every morning. His alarm went off 6.30. He rose up. He shaved. He showered. He ate his breakfast, brushed his teeth, picked up his briefcase, got in his car, and he rode to where he catches the ferry. And he jumped on the ferry and went down to the downtown business area, got off the ferry, walked in the building, marched up the elevator to the 17th floor. He hung his coat up. He opened his briefcase and he sat down at his desk at precisely eight o'clock every morning, not 7.59 and not 8.01, because he knew that alarm clock was going to wake him up at just enough time to go through everything he had to do just to get to work. Well, one morning he began to get ready and he went to bed that night and he woke up and the alarm clock was late. It was 15 minutes late. It didn't wake him up. And he woke up in a panic. He rushed through the shower. He nicked himself shaving. He gulped down his breakfast, halfway brushed his teeth, grabbed his briefcase, jumped in the car and sped down to where he catches the ferry. And he looked and the ferry was already away from the dock. And there he was, a few feet away from the dock. And he said, you know what? I believe if I get back and I run, I can leap and make it to that ferry and still get there on time. So he did. He went back and he ran as hard as he could. He jumped and he landed with a thud right on the ferry. He made it. The captain rushed down from the ferry and said, are you all right, sir? He said, man, that was a tremendous leap that you did there. But if you would have just waited a few more minutes, we, we would have reached the dock and you could have walked on. <laughs> well, you know what? His alarm clock let him down. I don't know if he'll have faith in that alarm clock anymore. We can have faith in things that will let us down. And I believe we need to realize like, how important it is that we not put so much faith in worldly things, temporal things, things we see all around us, even even news we get. I mean, we need to realize, hey, my faith needs to be in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that never fails us and is the same yesterday and today and forever. So this this verse that he follows up talking about this faith 
And we, we saw in Ephesians 2.10 was a scripture that for we are his workmanship. I found that interesting that they he used that word work in that verse. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, but notice unto what? Good works, good works, which God hath ordained before ordained that we should walk in them. So God has ordained that we not be spending all of our time doing works that don't count for anything or works that don't mean nothing. But he says that we should do good works and those good works we should walk in them every day. You know, I, I have had several occasions where I have talked to people about their salvation experience or if they are saved at all, do they know they're going to heaven? You know what they often have told me? I've heard this more than once. Well, I do a lot of good things in my community and for people all around me. I, and I just think that God's going to smile upon that and that will get me into heaven. And I have to tell them, hey, I don't care how many good things you did unless you've made a commitment and asked the Lord Jesus to save you from your sin and come in your life. That's the only thing. Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say the works was the way. And so many people I have talked to, they often refer back to something like that about works that they have done. I, I think the, I think the good Lord's going to smile down on me. I got news for him. I, he's not smiling down on them. He loves them. He wants to save them. But those things that they, the devil tells, hey, you know what? You're doing okay. Just keep on doing what you're doing. You're fine. You'll make it. So it's very important that we do that. Now, First John 2, 4, what about these people that tell me or tell you, hey, I got all of these reasons why I'm going to heaven. I've got all these things. But First John 2, 4, he that saith, I know him. I know him. Sure, I know him. And keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So a lot of people are going to find out in that day, hey, I thought I knew God. I thought I knew about the Lord. And one thing is for sure, there's a difference between knowing about the Lord and knowing the Lord. And so we find that many people are in that boat. Now, let's go to verse 21. James, back to James 2 and verse 21. And now he is going to be talking about, he is bringing out two people here in the next couple of verses, a man and a woman, and he's using these two people as an example to us about faith and about works. And so who is the man? The man here in verse 21 was not Abraham, our father, justified by works, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. So the first person that he brings to our attention here is Abraham. Now, all of us know about Abraham. The pastor done a great study when we went through talking about Abraham. This, this man was a, a Hebrew from Ur of the Chaldees. And we'll find out later on the second person that we'll talk about is the woman was a harlot from Jericho. 
So in beginning with Abraham here, he notice the scripture says, it says, Abraham, our father. So we, of course, know that father of the Hebrew race. That's who Abraham was. And so James, in, his, in these verses here, he's going to be calling back to our memory, and he's going to be asking us question about Abraham. And, you know, if you go back and think about Abraham, you go back and try to remember his life, what a life he had. Now, through Abraham's life, there were some good things, but there was also some not-so-good things, just like in our life. But we find out in Abraham's life, it was this, it was a life of surrender. The Lord many times called him to continue to be faithful in certain areas of his life, and he had to surrender to God. I thought about that. You know, we may be called to give up some things, surrender some things, and I believe we will and have been if we're going to serve God like he wants us to. There are many times when we have to give up something that we we really hate to give it up, but we feel like, hey, this is keeping me from having a fully surrendered life to the Lord. And I believe the Holy Spirit shows us that. Many times we, we get involved in other things, and you know what? We can get so busy, so tied up, that we're not, our prayer life's not where it should be. We're not, our devotional life is not where it should be because we've got so busy and we've got these other things going on. And many times we, we try to justify it with God and say, God, you know, I'm, I'm busy for you. But is our life surrendered? A fuller surrendered life. This is what Abraham had to do. Some of the things that you remember, he, he had to surrender his homeland. He was living in the well-worn plains of Jordan. What a wonderful place to live. He, he probably had his life all planned out. Probably thinking, boy, this, this is great. I've, I've got everything I need here and everything is great. And all of a sudden he finds himself having to leave that area. And then his old way of life. And you remember when Hagar and Ishmael came on the scene. Uh, and then lastly, his son Isaac. All of these things in his life had an effect on him. And he could either do what God wanted him to do when these things came to pass, or he could say, you know what, I think I'll just do what I want to do. So his life needed to be a life of surrender. And all of these things that he surrendered to, all of these things that he gave up, were designed to bring him back to the place, really, that it came to a, a head when Isaac, the situation with Isaac being offered as a sacrifice. And so that's why when he talks about him here in this verse number 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Re remember this, and let's think back about, it, about that story. Did he offer Isaac? Did it, did it come to pass? Did he, did he sacrifice his son on that altar? Did it happen? No. Now, he got right to the point where he had the knife and he was ready to plunge it in, and I believe he would have done it. 
Because why? He believed that if God wanted him even to sacrifice this son, this begotten son that he had, if God wanted to do it, then God could raise him back up from the dead too, give him back to him. I think I think he had that much faith in God. When you think about what he had to do, him and Sarah waited for this son, and here he is, and and and, and he is grown now. And he is coming to this point in life when he needed to listen to God. And God said, go up there, take the wood, and you take us your son, and you're going to offer him as a sacrifice unto me. And we didn't see where he decided, well, no, I, I just can think about this some more. He, he did that. And even Isaac said, hey, we, we've got the wood and we've got the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And all that time, I can imagine that conversation between them two and, and how uncomfortable it was. But yet, all he, Abraham could think about was, hey, I got to believe God. I got to trust God. God's going to do something. I just know he is, but I've got I've to do what he asked me to do. And so that's why, and, and we'll get over into Romans uh, whenever we have time to do that. And, and, and a lot of people think that Romans and, and James, uh, Paul and James contradicting each other, but they're not when it comes to this works and when it comes to this faith thing. Because you gotta, you begin to get this mindset, what kind of person Abraham was, how much faith he put into God, how much he believed God. So those kind of works that he was doing, were holy works. They were works unto God. And so they were going to make a difference in Abraham's life down the road. So we're, we're talking about being justified, says in that verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified? How was he justified? He was justified, and people read that by works. You mean those works? But because he believed God, he was doing the works of God. And we'll find out later on, the word gives us exactly how that was imputed upon him and credited to him for what he had done. You got to realize this, when we do something for God today, and it's directly for God, we, we did it for God. We wanted him to get the glory out of it. We didn't care if anybody else saw us. We didn't, we didn't care if anybody wrote it down. We were just doing it for God. Those kind of works will be accredited to us. And we'll find out when we stand before God, those kind of works will last. They won't be burned up like so many other people's will, but they will last. So it's very important that we realize what he is referring to here. This works that Abraham is doing, this, this thing is really uh, going to be accredited to him. He is a believer. He is doing the work of God. He believes in God. We'll see the scriptures just tell us that. It tells us how he believes in God. So it's very important that we see that. Now notice in, verse, in the next verse. Now, he said, seeing thou, verse 22, how faith 
wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. You see, now we're beginning to think about, hey, this is the kind of work that Abraham was doing. He was doing, he was trusting God all the way. He was doing the work of God. He was doing the work for God. And what a difference that it makes. Abraham's work testified of his faith. You know, that's, let me say that again. Abraham's work testified of what kind of man he was. And you think about that. Whatever kind of works that we do that we say are for God, they testify of our faith in God. You know, there, there's a lot of things that we can say I've got faith in and try to tell other people I believe God in. But, you know, when we really have faith in God that's genuine faith, not dead faith, genuine faith, then the real works will come out that we're doing for God too. People will say, will say hey, they're working for the Lord. Ain't no doubt about that. I can see that in their life. I, I can see that they're, they're reaping some things that, that, that for God. They're doing some great things for God. They're really busy for God. And it really makes a difference when we're doing the right things the right way for God. So I want you to, to remember as we're, we're looking into this tonight, and what I want you to do now is go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Because in Romans chapter 4, in verse 1 through 3, we continue to see and break it down about Abraham here, what kind of man he was, what he was doing here. Because there were many things that he, that he gave up, many things that he had come a long way from. And when I think about some of the things that he gave up, he gave up his father, even many things that he gave up. You know, Abraham was just a great believer. You know, I think that that's, that's something that I would like for people to say about me when I leave this world. He was a great believer in God. You know, that, that would, that would just, that would be so great to know that people saw that in me. And we ought to all be that. But notice in Romans chapter four, Verse number one, what shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? So in Abraham's life, in his fleshly life, he found out some things. He, he, he went through some, some things that we probably don't even know about. But some of the things that when it comes to his is uh, living here on this earth and decisions that he made. Very important to see. His works did not produce boasting. You know, sometimes we do things that could bring shame. It could bring confusion to people. We think we're busy for God. But if we don't watch out, we, we could be doing works that bring in shame to God. Works that are confusing to people that are, we're trying to point to God. So it, it's important that we, that we pray and say, Lord, help me do the right works. 
Help me do works that are going to bring honor and glory to you. Now, don't get me wrong. Abraham was a great man, but he's human. It's like all of us. And we can all get off on the wrong avenue sometimes. We can all get off on a tangent and, and think we're doing something and that's helping God, and we're not. So it's important that we check ourselves every day and that we make sure of that. So notice in verse 2, For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. You know, many times we glory in ourselves. We think, hey, th this was a good thing that I did. We, we pat ourselves on the back. You know, nobody, nobody thanked me for that. I, I don't know if I want to do anything else like that because ain't nobody, ain't nobody thanked me about it. Nobody say nothing to me. That's because, you know, we're either doing it for God or we're doing it so someone else can see us. And so it's, you know, I, I've often said, if we get our pat and praise here on earth, that's all we're going to get. <laughs> but if, if we do it for God, then we'll get it from him and it will last. So that's important that we realize what we're doing for the Lord. I think Abraham had many good works. But, you know, these works were not the ground many times for salvation. And when we talk about him being justified, we'll see some of the things that were accredited to him to bring about that justification because they were holy works. Uh, the result of salvation is being justified by faith. Real faith, not dead faith as we've been talking about. So James and Paul, they're not, they're not contradicting each other here. But the works that James describes, when, you, when, we're back, when we were back there in James and he describes those works, James is really leaning on works of holiness. He's not leaning on works of the flesh. When he's talking about what Abraham did, he's talking about the things that he believed God. And so he carried that out. He did that work because he knew God was true. He knew God would come through. And those things that he knew, they were works of holiness. But we find out that Romans here, Paul is talking about, watch out, some of these works are not holy. Some of these things we're doing are not for God. And that's what a lot of the world even gets caught up in, as I said earlier. They're working. And they're thinking, I'll just do this one thing here, a couple of things here, and, and, and that will be good enough for me. What a lie from Satan that is. So it's very important that we realize as these two are talking about works here. Remember, Abraham wasn't under the law. These are works of faith. And we find out that Abraham come to a point in his life at some point, and he said, you know what? I've just got to believe God. I've got to believe God. And the Bible says God counted it unto him for righteousness. So God does not accept works of the flesh. That's not acceptable to a holy God. But when you're doing something unto God, you're doing something because you're being led by the Lord. Have you ever heard people say, hey, you know what? The Lord led me to do this. 
And of course, we need to be careful when we say that. Make sure that that is a leading of the Lord. I say this, if the Lord led you to do something, it'll give honor and glory to the Lord and you'll see some great things happen because of it. But if we took it on and say, you know what, I just think that I ought to do it. I just have come up with this idea. Then we'll find out that, that it does mean a little bit of difference here. So look at verse number three of Romans chapter four. For what saith the scripture? You know, that's a good thing to always go back to God's word, you know, and check it with things that we do in our life. What saith the scripture? I'll tell you what it said. Abraham believed God. Boy, that is, uh, that's just a tremendous three words right there. Abraham believed God. It didn't say Abraham thought about God sometimes. Abraham occasionally believed God. It just said he believed God. And I think today in our life, if we're going to make that statement that I'm a child of God, and I want to walk with the Lord, and I want to believe God for things in our life, you know what? As I said earlier, it will be tried sometimes to see if our belief is in God as it should be. So Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So Paul refers to this final authority, God's word, and he's quoting Genesis fifteen six when he says this. When he, when did he believe God? When did Abraham believe God? I tell you what, goes all the way back to when they were childless. They, they wanted a child. And he, here he is up in age, way up in age, and Sarah's womb is dead. And they still want a child. Well, the, when you look at the situation outwardly, it's like, huh, that ain't going to happen. But when God came through with a promise and said, ye shall have your child. In fact, your children will be as the stars. He told them, look up in the sky. Boy, Abraham got to look back and go, Lord, that is the stupidest thing I ever heard. Or either he could believe God. And so Abraham chose to believe God. They only assumed God didn't say, this is the assurance you're going to have a child. Let me show you right here. No, he just said, I'm going to give you a promise. Now, what you going to do with it? You know, have you ever thought about how many promises are in the word of God? And I've often heard people say, well, man, there's a lot of promises in there, but I sure wish some of them would come true. Maybe we need to go back, back up and say, I'm not believing God can do some of those things. I think if we read that promise, wherever it is in the Bible, when we come across it, say, boy, that's a great promise, and I'm, I'm going to claim that God can do it in my life. I'm going to believe it. It might not happen today. It might happen, to, uh, happen tomorrow, next week, next year, but I'm still going to believe God's promise. Abraham believed God, and look what happened. We have got to believe God. As we go through life, we've, we've got to continue to go back to that thing of saying, my faith is in God. I'm going to believe God. So Abraham took God at his word. You know, Abraham's faith was not an act, but an attitude. 
He, you know, and, and we need to come to that. We need to come to that and say, you know what? I just need to be in that attitude that God is real and God never leaves me and God has promised and I'm going to believe it. Not, not just act upon it once in a while when somebody's looking at me or in church or somewhere else out, out in public, but I, I'm going to have that attitude of believing God. And, and when we live in that attitude, I believe God will do some things that we never believed that he could do because we have come to that place where we believe him. So Abraham's heart was turned away from himself and it was turned to God's promise. And that's, that's the difference there. Many times self gets in the way. And as I said before, you know what? We can get bad news from the doctor and we can either say, well, that's it. Man, there's no hope now. Well, either we can step back and say, you know, I know what the doctor said. And that may come to pass, but I'm still going to believe God because my God can do anything. And we've seen him do many things. He's worked many miracles in, in many in our congregation. And I believe if we have come to that place in life where we realize, hey, I'm just going to believe God and I'm going to continue to believe him. So that's why it's very important that we see that. And, and Abraham believed God, and then it says it was counted unto him for righteousness in that verse number three. And I, I do want to touch upon that because I, I don't want you to be confused about that. Counted unto him. Counted unto him. What do you mean? God counted it. He reckoned it unto him. He put it to Abraham's account. He put it to his account. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you checked your banking account and somebody to put a hundred dollars in there for you? Somebody put a thousand dollars in there for you? And you're thinking, wow, that was nice. Praise the Lord. It was credited to your account. You call in the bank and say, what's going on? My account's showing I got a thousand dollars more than I know I'm supposed to have in there. What, what's happening? Oh, so-and-so, you didn't hear about that? So-and-so wanted to credit your account. It's sort of like that with Abraham. God saw what Abraham's life was about and saw in him that he believed in God. And these things that he began to do was accredited to him, to his account, imputed it over to him for righteousness. It was not righteousness, but that's how God reckoned it. So it's very important. Boy, our time is getting away, but you're right there in Romans. Look down at verse number 19. We'll see how far we can get tonight. Once again, verse 19, being not weak in faith, still talking about Abraham. You know, there's, there's something to be said for people who are strong in their faith all the time. Yeah, our faith can become weak. And I think many times we have to go back and say, Lord, did, didn't the disciples say increase my faith one time to Jesus? You know, they, they, they saw some things that Jesus did. And, and they, they heard Jesus' words, you're going to do these works and greater. But sometimes those things didn't, didn't work out. You know what the disciples said one time to Jesus? Jesus, increase our faith. 
Increase it. I want to, I want to have a stronger faith in you. So this verse says being not weak in faith. And it goes back to talking about when, when the promise was there for the child, for Isaac. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old and neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. So Abraham had got to this place where he realizes, hey, I'm a hundred years old. Sarah's womb is not going to produce no children. All of these things are against me. But I like what the first part of that verse said, being not weak in faith. And then verse 20 says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, and I like this, giving glory to God. You know, that word staggered means this. He didn't step up to the plate and say, I believe you, God, and then kind of, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm 100 years old. What am I saying? Wait a minute, sir, I'm not going to have no children. He, he didn't do that. But he stepped up to the plate and he stayed there and he said, I'm going to believe God can do something and give us a child. He didn't stagger at that promise. And I've said, I said it earlier. If we want to receive the promises of God, we can't step up and say, yes, God, I believe it, but wait a minute, wait a minute. God, did you realize that I got this going on too? And this is happening too. And, and this is, yeah, he knew, he knew all of that before you did. But we still have to stay firm in that promise. And that's what he did here. He didn't stagger at it through unbelief, but he was strong in the faith and he was giving glory to God. Let me tell you something that's really hard to do, really hard, is when you're praying for something and God hasn't answered yet, but you're, you're going to praise God before he even answers and says, I believe you're going to answer it. Thank you, Lord. I know you're going to take care of it. You're the God giving him praise. He hasn't answered the prayer yet. But I've often heard people say, I felt like that was a key in my life that I gave praise for the prayer that it wasn't even answered yet. That showed God that you were going to believe him to the end. So it's very important that we realize how, how we should stay strong and stagger not in that. Verse 21, being fully persuaded. Man, fully persuaded. It didn't say halfway persuaded once in a while persuaded, persuaded when the conditions were good. It said fully persuaded that what he promised, he was able to perform it. Do you believe God's able to perform anything that he promised? Amen. He's able to do it. God is able. And I'm so thankful for that. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, Visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.